to Different Gravy, Not Just Another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host has had to get up very, very early for this one, and he is good and grumpy, just how we like him. How are you doing today, Dr. Luke Gledall? <laughs> I don't know if I can muster the energy to be grumpy today. Oh, wow. I feel like I'm just going to really let you down, much like Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> you're, you're aspiring to grump. I am. I do aspire to grump. <laughs> and this is a Sheffield Wednesday team who aspire to slump because um, a slump Ooh. implies you had some form to begin with. And uh, very much beyond this absolute shower. <laughs> I really liked how you did the, this absolute shower. <laughs> Maybe I'm more grumpy. I don't know. Maybe I'll bring the grump and... Uh, You'll bring the sleeps. We'll, uh, it's going to work. It'll work out. Um, you, so we, we're ready to we'll, sort of we'll move bring on. the glumps and Wednesday we'll bring the slump. Yes. Yeah, we can move on. Let's get it. Let's get right into it, right? Breaking hoo-hoos. Uh, so I've got, I've got to admit, uh, you know, hold my hands up here. I was unaware that this was a 6 p.m. kickoff midweek. I was completely taken by surprise by it. Uh, due to some work my neighbours were having done, I had to um, sort of decamp to somewhere else for the working day. And um, I didn't, honestly didn't know the game had kicked off until I got a score update about <laughs> about us going behind. So I might have to lean on your, you, you for some of this, but I believe you were fairly distracted yourself, as uh, can be the case with these mid- midweek matches. Yeah, a lot of things were going on, but I think really... A lot of my enthusiasm kind of sapped. I'm wondering if you... So, Richard, it wasn't your case that you learned of this game thanks to me texting you about um, Oh Dear Lees? Um, well, that was... I mean, it was all the same sort of moment, really. Yeah. There was the Oh Dear Lees. There was the uh, the flash scores. Um, I also I also send you a picture of me pausing it at half-time with Tom Lees walking off. Yes. And me sending you a picture of me giving him the finger. Yeah. Which was, I mean, to be honest, it was apt, wasn't it? I think um, in a, you know, amidst a season full of howlers and errors, um, Tom Lee's really went above and beyond to 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 make his mark on the, um, mm. you know, the biggest balls up of the season. And um, that sort of Cruyff turn slash dummy when Bannon played the ball back to him, <laughs> that he completely seemed to misjudge the pace of, got caught out by Andre Ayew, and then shoulder to shoulder with the five foot nine Colossus, uh, crumbled um, under that mighty, mighty frame. And uh, Ayew was able to just sort of walk into the box and wait till Westwood committed enough to make the pass viable. Um, that's. Mm. It was it was a, it was a real real you know out of nothing self uh, self inflicted uh, issue from uh, from the former captain Tom Lees um, was there I mean so I've I've caught up with highlights I think the long version of the highlights was about nine minutes long which maybe speaks to the quality of the game as a whole mm. uh, normally mm. those long 
version highlights are sort of can be as many as 15 minutes um generally around 12 13 minutes but this was a they kind of ensconce themselves in the teens don't they usually yeah yeah um was there was there much to shout about i mean i'm looking at the it looks like a fairly even game in terms of the stats you know this possession is nip and tuck number of shots is the same pass success rate was the same uh so yeah the sort of howling error makes a big difference there uh i mean you saw i i really felt that prior to that the only kind of great thing to shout about was a really really decent hit from leon shaw from shower 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 got some power behind it <laughs> it was a good uh it was a good effort wasn't it it was one of those where it sort of beat the keeper but somehow the keeper almost got a second bite of it and, and clawed it away from uh from being in mm. um because it was very fast, it sort of went past his initial reaction, but he managed to kind of form some sort of backstop, which was effective. Um, but sh- I mean, he, uh, so uh, having only watched the second half, I, I thought he looked awfully. I'm sure. So did he have a better first half, or was it the shot the kind of surprising highlight of a ho hum, another ho hum appearance? I thought he was okay. I thought he was all right. I thought he was probably one of the better players for Wednesday that that day you know i'm still not convinced of where he is in his football career and where he is for wednesday and the current situation as to how he performs in that situation but i mean outside of that it was yeah it was fine mm. I, I just thought second half he just looked disinterested and and low very very low energy um i don't know whether he kind of shot his bolt in the first half but he does seem to have stamina issues which is sort of worrying for a a guy who should be sort of full of boundless energy, you would think, with his age. Um, you know, mm. a young athlete, that's sort of when you're supposed to be kind of full of the joys of things. Um, but frequently, second halves just seem to be a bit of an anathema to him. Um, okay, uh, the second goal was also pretty disappointing uh, to concede. Connor Roberts came on for Wayne Routledge and then almost, in fact, it genuinely seems to be the same minute after he came on, he uh, he showed a sort of modicum of invention to run from deep and put himself in a position to receive a long ball forward, which nobody reacted to in our whole team. Um, he then had a free, completely unencumbered by any interest from a Sheffield Wednesday player, had the, the, the position to cross the ball and was rewarded in our panic with Bannon marking the only Swansea player in our box. Uh, so Fulton had a very, very easy time nodding in at the far post. Um, <laughs> notable in terms of team selection, Westwood was back. Uh, I don't think he could have done anything with either of the goals. Uh, did you feel like it was a welcome presence other than that? Or, I mean, it's it, it feels like one of these games where they had the quality to make their moments count. And once again, we were lacklustre in our moments and probably didn't punish the, the mistakes and, and opening and you know, make the mo- openings we had count. That, yeah, I, I think you've pretty much put the nail on the head with that kind of description of what's going on with with the game and that kind of recap. Um, in regards to Westwood back, I mean, it, it's nice to see him back. It just doesn't. It's just frustrating. It doesn't make any telling difference. No, really. Like I. I don't know. Like it, it feels like there's 
unfortunately for Wednesday, it feels like there's a telling moment where we kind of think, as Wednesday fans, what is the base average rate of a goalkeeper? Like, if we put a, like an incredibly bang average goalkeeper... Well, if you put a scarecrow in the middle of the goal... Right, so I, I think it's kind of every situation is given for or against that, really. So, yeah. But I feel if we had, you know, the equivalent of a living Wurzel Gummidge uh, <laughs> in the sticks for Wednesday, then it would have been better than seeing some of the situations we've gone through with Wildsmith and Dawson. Yeah. And then I, I think even bringing back in Westwood, which is welcome, I think it's felt very much like an interruption. It's okay. felt like some interruption yeah. because there hasn't been a defined goalkeeper. And if there hasn't been a defined goalkeeper, then you've not had a situation where it's like, you know, you've got a, a good, decent number one and then a reliable, you know, number two goalkeeper, so to speak. Though, you know, let's not put it past the Wednesday squad naming department to next season, maybe just name the goalkeepers one, two, and three. <laughs> like their Dr. Seuss's things or something. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that could well be the case. Yeah. It's almost it's almost like the goalkeeping situation is is a bit like why we've ended up with the defense. It's that you know, we yes. we, we yeah. almost have to we have to play a three regardless of personnel because nobody's good enough to play in a two. And mm. with the goalkeeping situation, it's almost like we need to just keep chopping and changing because it, it feels like you get one or two good games when you put a new goalkeeper in and maybe the best thing we can do in our scenario is just change them out when they're used up like batteries. Like, Oh, this one's gone bad again. It's started laying. <laughs> uh, so we need to put in a new one, um, <clears throat> but they're not, they're, it's very poor quality. I think I remember buying from the pound shop, like a, when I was a student, a kind of false economy kind of thing of buying very cheap batteries um, for my MP3 player. In fact, Ooh. And just on the basis that, you know, Ooh, these you. Are, yeah, yeah. Um, these are not good batteries, but if I, but I can buy, I can sort of use 10 of them in the place of a, the cost of buying a, an expensive battery and, and probably over the, <laughs> over the course that is better, is slightly better value. Your, to your man Duracell. Yeah, Duracell. Um, one of, one of, one of the big boy, boy Duracell bunny. Yeah, that bunny keeps on going. Um, is it Everlast as well or something like that? There's another brand. <laughs> oh, that's Everlast, the, either the boxing, uh, the, the boxing. Yeah, it's not, it's not, yeah. Boxing sportswear brand or the rapper who is in House of Pain. Yeah, you can bring in the guy from House of Pain. He gives you a bit of juice. He's actually not bad at goalkeeping. You give him a couple of games, he starts learning goals, change it out again. So, yeah, just this knowledge that this is a poor, we've got just got poor quality options and the best that we can do is sort of cycling through them. Um, mm. I, I, I think... I'd sorry, like Mark. to make an analogy. We're, we're jumping ahead. We've got some more news and we've got some more stuff to talk about. But th that feels a little bit just kind of, let's just peek ahead. Did you feel a little bit like looking at the lineup today in terms of the striking options? Because, I mean, we did kind of cycle the striking options. We did. I, th I sort of... Uh, I... I the, I, at some point, the roads, the roads that we that has mainly played for Sheffield Wednesday came back. I don't, I can't quite pinpoint when it happened, but that guy started playing again instead of the goal scorer guy. Um, 
I don't know when that, yeah, as I say, I don't know when the handover happened in this particular sort of version mm. of the prestige. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we've got, yeah, we've got the, we've got the, the NAF one again, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, the one who's completely ineffective when he doesn't have the ball, when he does have the ball and when the ball falls to his feet in the box, um, he can't do any of the things. Whereas it seemed for a little while we had a guy that was not too bad at the other things and then really good at the main thing of scoring goals. Mm. Um I think I think today was maybe well you know this weekend's game to to preview a little bit maybe the worst the worst roads performance for quite some time maybe the worst roads performance of the year potentially um but yeah mm. I think probably it is worthwhile to sort of the, the two games happened close together there are some parallels um probably worth worth moving forward to that. But in in the meantime, we do just want the other bit of news, which is um, quite worrying really, is that uh, D- Darren Moore, having made his way back to the touchline for the Swansea game, um, felt unwell again after that match and uh, and now seems to be very poorly uh, with, uh, with the, the effects of, of COVID um, to the point of having pneumonia and, and blood clots on his lungs. So um, that sounds horrific and uh just i suppose thoughts go out to him and hope he hope he gets well soon mm-hmm. um he seems to be a strong fit gentleman so hopefully things are in his favor in that sense so uh um yeah hopefully it won't be too long till we see him back barking orders and chewing his toggles on his hoodie on the sidelines i hope so yeah so i think one of the things going into comparing the two games and going into the two games I think one of the things that's happening a little bit, and maybe it's the last three games in a row, I think we kind of look vaguely effective and like there's a plan going forward. and But it's not good enough to cover up the fact that at the back, we look as shaky and error-prone as ever. So we haven't fixed anything at the, <laughs> at the back. Um but we're giving ourselves chances in games. And I thought in, in the Swansea game, we did have chances. Um, we just didn't make the most of them. Uh, did you see the clip of Bannon completely um, screaming at Wildsmith for the um, the goal that we couldn't decide whether it was Wildsmith's fault or Uruguide's fault last, yes. last week? Yes, I did, yes. I think that kind of sums thing up, things up where... Particularly Bannon is playing quite good football consistently. And mm. I think there just must be at some level, there must be a kind of vague feeling of somewhere from the front of the pitch or the middle from the middle of the pitch, players are kind of doing their job. I think Reach is putting in good crosses. Palmer's looking very good and effective by and large. Mm-hmm. Bannon's mm. having good games. I think Windass looks good most of the time. Mm-hmm. But we are not scoring those goals and we are not stopping the goals. So it's like the middle third of the pitch we're just about nailing and then the other two are letting us down very, very badly. And it must be frustrating. Kind of, Bannon is pretty much carrying a team on his back and <laughs> it's like the moment he closes his eyes or turns his back on something, something terrible happens. Bannon <laughs> is the uh, turtle. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Bannon's all the way down. 
Well, Rich, we actually have a proper advert for once on the show, and support for Different Gravy is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. Manscaped is taking over the world and is now available in all of Europe, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Uh, Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Yeah, Europe and Australia are about to get a lot less hairy. That's right, folks. If you live in the EU, you can now purchase Manscaped products. If you live there, you've gone years without using the right tools for the job. I'm, I'm a man who's often used possibly some of the worst tools for doing this. And something I've never trusted any of my raggedy hair clippers that will sometimes kind of lock up in the midst of it anywhere near my prized never regions. Yes, I mean, that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. And they just released a new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Well, they say the third time's the charm, don't they? So this third generation trimmer, it's got this cutting edge ceramic blade that reduces grooming accidents thanks to a skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped themselves. This is a premium products you know when we say premium we mean premium it's got a great battery in there that will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave if you need to i don't know whether that's a lucky thing or not if you have to do a long shave down there you know let's just say it is if you're lucky enough to need a long luxurious shave around that that region (laughs) you've got the battery power to do it and waterproof to boot so you can do this in the shower the bath over a sink in a waterfall you can do it in all those places i love that really cool feature that's the led light it really brings this cinematic lit close-up of me just zipping off the hairs off my testicles uh, illuminates the grooming areas for closer and more precise trimming i also appreciate they've agreed to a 7000 rpm motor with quiet stroke technology Mmm, smooth. And there's the charging stand as well, so you can show the mower off loud and proud because it's a, it's a beautifully designed thing and pops into any sort of USB port you have handy. So you can take it on the road with you as well. And basically, you know, if you're listening to us speak right now, we want you to experience this premium luxury product firsthand for yourself and you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code gravyballs at manscaped.com. That's right, 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code gravyballs. Your balls will thank you. They sure will. So we did make a few changes for the for the Bristol City game. Um well, we did we make a few changes? Maybe that's a, but Patterson started up at the top of that that sort of um, trio. Um, Harris came in uh, in place of Shaw, I guess, um, and Windass remained part of that that front three. Uh, and we had Bannon, Pelopesi together in the middle, Reach on the left, Palmer on the right, and then the back three stayed the same, or back four stayed the same with. Uh, Westwood, you know, in goal behind uh, Hutchinson, Lees, and Burner. Um, a bright start, pretty mm. much. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, within three minutes, we'd um, had a had a penalty shout followed by a corner, and uh, and then Burner put, put Wednesday ahead. A deep cross from Bannon, redirected by Windass, pretty cleverly towards the goal. And then the uh, the bow-legged Bavarian reacted quickest and uh, headed it home. Certainly <laughs> <laughs> did. What if you put a pony in his pocket thanks to that uh, goal bonus? In this contract. <laughs> um, you, must be, you must be on free for the season now or something, Julian Berner? He's probably got a goal record that puts several um, several attacking players to shame. It's a shame, yes. 
Let me see. Uh... No, that was really good. Um, we we look like we know what a corner is. Yeah, and a and a variety in there as well. Hmm. Because uh, Bannon has been playing what you know what we might term sort of perfect ones, which is kind of landing in the middle of the goal. Uh, la- sorry, landing in the middle of the uh, six-yard box and, and and right in the middle of the goal. Um, but today, a few of them were they tended to be long, um, which was which made them made them much more uh, well much harder for them to deal with. We, we you know we just made we sort of elongated the time that we were in that sort of danger zone. Supposedly only two. He just got here. Just has the Cardiff one and the Bristol City. Really, ones. I thought he bagged again. That's um, insane. Oh well, okay. But still, still with two goals a season. That's uh, look how Jordan Rhodes. He's still putting. Like, uh, yeah. Know, if we had more defenders, then believe you me, Jordan, you'd be seeing <laughs> a lot more of the bench. <laughs> I wonder how it compares it's to whatever varying shades of Wednesdays. <laughs> Numerous people on the touchline be like, get it to burner. Get it into burner. He's the goal guy. <laughs> he's doubled up his record from last season. By the time oh, he's 40, he's going to 10 goals a season. <clears throat> there we go. He's just slowly building up a head of steam like a, like a locomotive. It is more than Tom Lees has uh, racked up, which... Um, He's only got the one this season, despite the fact he seems to have chances almost every game. <clears throat> uh, so, yeah, I mean, a, a tremendous start. We did almost immediately uh, let them get an equaliser uh, <laughs> with Hutchinson letting the ball drop in the box and uh, kind of losing the physical battle against Semenyo and mm. and sort of limply flicking the ball straight to Diego, um, who... Is it Diego? Is it is it Jiju? Yes. I thought what I would do is just go for it and then All right. Deju, I think is maybe how they were saying it. Right. Okay. Um anyway. The big lad up top uh was really pleased to have it on his chest at the edge of the box, but thankfully his volley went straight at Westwood. Uh, we had another great moment from Hotch where uh, pretty soon after that, where he sort of played a pass straight to their fullback and then ended up having to take down Semenyo and uh, took it took his yellow card for that. Um, it was a pretty nasty yellow. It was. It was. I it's actually real... was slightly worried it was going to be a red because he... Yes, me too. ...studs in, his, in the back of his calf, wasn't it? It, was, it was, mm. wasn't just a sweep of the legs kind of thing. It was but he, he he did that thing where he walked off very, very quickly, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, now I thought, uh, yeah, I, I, I was, there was just that moment because the ref moved over really quickly as well. And there's always that thing when they act quickly, um, mm. they're more likely to make a kind of big decision, I think. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, 20 minutes, uh, 20 minutes in, then the, there was this moment of, Pure madness from Henri Lansbury or Henry Lansbury. Lots of our nice things, in the, particularly in the last few games, but also in as, just as much today. It's combination play between Windass and Reach, Windass, Reach and Bannon. A lot of the good things come out of that group of players working together. Um, and this was <clears throat> one of those times. So Windass and Reach, um, Reach, Reach put Hunt, uh, Windass and Reach sort of combined. Reach put Hunt on his backside and whipped in a, mm. a really decent cross. Um, 
but unfortunately the man in the middle is Harris who tries his best uh, <laughs> but obviously didn't amount to much but the ball breaks broke to Patterson who kind of whiffed his shot a little bit but hit it into the ground and, and created mm. this sort of, almost sort of bouncing bomb type uh, type of effort <laughs> that goes right over the top of the goalkeeper and it was hard to tell where it was going to fall I think it might have hit the bar and gone yes. straight up in the air or or out, but it also might have come back into play. But Lansbury sort of panicked and made sure uh, by by sort of flicking it over the bar with his hands. Um, yeah, he really tucked it on tucked it onto the roof and that didn't he? <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> and again, again, I was a little bit worried that the referee was going to bottle it. Um, he took a long time thinking about it. He spoke to the linesman um, at mm. some length, uh, but eventually, I think he did make the right decision in, in in sending Lansbury off and giving us the penalty. The commentator uh, Rob on the commentary described uh, the moment this as the most important moment of the season as Bannon stepped up to take. Oh, jeez, no. Penalty. And oh no, I missed <laughs> that completely. Uh, Bannon, can we just <laughs> go? Sorry. Go, you go. Okay, let's just keep egging this. I, I thought it's hilarious. Like, I remember watching the highlights back at halftime. You know, the mini kind of highlight reel we get. Yeah. Just as we go, just as we're in the halftime section. The, de- the, the, the highlight reel to deathly silence, which is just really kind of freaky. And it's almost yes. like something from Ad- an Adam Curtis film. <laughs> exactly. Really upsetting. Exactly. I I don't know how any of those Bristol City players had any goal to remonstrate with the referee over that one. It was just, I, yeah, then, I just like I I know it's like football players and they'll they'll kick and lie about anything. Yeah, but I still cannot believe because it was just like like one of their players gave a little like you know oh no 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 tut tut mm. tut, tut finger at the referee. I'm like shut up. I think it was Jack Hunt. <laughs> Oh, really? I was right wow. in the midst of it. Formerly, formerly of this parish. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, it was... The thing is, it happened quickly, and I think there wasn't a great replay. I don't, I think this is where the quality, the poor, quali- relatively poor quality of the video that is captured on iFollow kind of falls down a little bit because there wasn't a good replay that they could show in slow motion that absolutely kind of gave you the smoking gun moment. Um, but I think when you look at the when you look at the physics of it, Lansbury has you know his involvement has to be a telling one um, mm. because I think it just looks like it was going to sort of hit the bar and drop down or 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 bounce back you know bounce back into the box uh, under its own steam. Um, but unfortunately, so this could have been this could have been another Cardiff. In some ways, I think... it felt that way because it felt that way from my notes. I'm like, Burner scoring really early on, yeah, in like the third, seventh minute, whatever it was. This is very much shades of Cardiff, and then we felt on the front foot. Looked like we were creating a lot of chances. It had, it had feeling it was going to be like that for a, for a short while. I must say. Well, we had we had twenty shots today. Jeez. Um, <laughs> it's. Uh... Yeah, but anyway, so I mean, chief amongst the, the, you can't get a better chance than a penalty, and hmm. Bannon translated all that pressure of you know this important moment in the season into frankly a pitiful spot kick. It was 
<laughs> it got barely any sort of weight to it, and it wasn't right in the corner. It was kind of middling and just easily yeah. saved. And and kind of, you know, in, if you're looking for a moment that sums up the season, I think between Tom Lee's deciding that he could dummy that ball back to Westwood when it was barely moving midweek and Bannon missing the penalty. Um, I think you've pretty, you know, those are your two, you've got two very, very good contenders for um, summing up this <laughs> woeful season mm. in the history of Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Bannon nearly made up for it sort of five minutes later with the, the first of his mazy hazy runs. Mm. Um beating sort of three or four players on the edge of the box, cutting and cutting in and then, you know, squaring himself up against the goalkeeper, but unfortunately putting it wide um, with yeah. his right foot as well. Quite kind of bold to take it on his right foot. Uh, but it was, was a nice say, little a majestic, moment. Yeah, it was a majestic run. He ghosted past three or four City players like he ate a Super Mario style, but then it <laughs> went off for him to stroke it wide. In fact, I would like to play that highlight back with a... And then the... Or whatever this... The judgery back to earth moment as well. But I mean, my notes are chance after chance. That's the thing. So 36 minutes, a great switch from Hutchinson... Some hustle from Reach because he, I think he, I think the defender got the ball, but Reach took it off him and came out of the corner with it. Um, he he played it back. Windass dummied and Bannon whipped in a first time deep cross, and we almost had a wonderful volley from Palmer he, as he he was on the full stretch. There's no, um, I don't mm. think you couldn't call this a miss from Palmer, um, but he he hit the hit the sort of corner of the post and and uh, and crossbar with his uh, his volley on on at full tilt. Um that would have been another goal of the season contender I think if it had gone in. Mm. Um 38 minutes we had a, the a Windass sort of shoss shot come cross almost tapped home by Patterson. Um 43rd minute another great chance for as the young Steve McLaren puts another good cross in this time to the near post Windass does well to get some direction and power into it but it just sails over the bar um and then there was another bit of corner chaos right on the cusp of half time in the Bristol City box which anything could have happened from um I've got to say I made a note about Bentley the Bristol City goalkeeper really feeling himself in his flump coloured ensemble today was was Bentley mm. taking time having chats <clears throat> drawing everybody in so that they had three men in the box, then sending them away. Lots of, lots of, um, lots of business from, from Daniel Bentley today. <laughs> A lot of business. Uh, and I mean, I mean, we obviously, so that rule is gone about having the ball in your hand for a certain amount of time. Is that right? I, I thought it was still there vaguely, but there were moments where he, he must've had it solidly in his hands for over a minute, several on several occasions. Um, he really, Really was enjoying the spectacle today. The greatest showman, Daniel Bentley. Uh, any other thoughts? That's that's me for the first half, really. Any other bits and pieces that you want to you pick up? You covered a lot of what I've got here. I don't know what else I was going to say. I actually had a lot more notes in the first half, and then the second half just kind of teased us off into nothingness. Mm. 
The only other question, sorry, just in terms of Bentley, is it more was it more Wambar or, or Flump? That's the only thing. I knew it put me in mind of of a sweet of some sweet shot fair. Wambar. More Wambar, do you say? Yeah, because it was Wambar, quite pink yeah. overall, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the bit of nature of Wambar has a very much the um the stylistic of a graphic stylistic of an explosion on the front. Yes. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. Uh so I, I just sort of said, in summary of the half, um, great half going forward, a bit shaky at the back. We did have some moments at the back. We t- touched on the, the Hutchinson one. I think Berner had one that was a similarly kind of anything mm. could have happened. But I, um, I mean, but, and this is uh, the future damnation of this game is this is a game we should be winning all day long. Yeah. In this situation... So there's this situation. Let's look at all the factors here. We're, str- you know, there's a very, very slim hope of trying to do something. We should want this a hell of a lot more than Bristol City do. Yeah. Bristol City have absolutely n- nothing to play for. Bristol City are way out of form and out of sorts. Um, Bristol City. I'm just going to keep going with this. Nigel Pearson is an incredibly strange appointment for Bristol City. Yes. Now I've made all these notes about like I don't get Bristol City. They're very. It, Are they too close to the Midlands for you, Luke? Possibly, but I've, I think it's just <laughs> the too close to mid-table chaff. I think that's what it is. I think yeah. there's just there's so much mid-table chaffery in the championship that I can't really get my head around what these teams are and whether they actually have... I think any team that's trying to be vaguely competitive is probably going to look a little bit like Bristol City. Mm. But, I mean, Bristol City were a team who were going and vying for the playoff and being this kind of playoff promotion contender in previous series and assembled like a really great little squad with some very talented players. And then they seem to do a bit of that kind of Brentford rejuvenation of selling on, you know, selling on players for big wedges. Yeah. Which gave them some ability to go and do other things in, in the transfer market. And I was like, I was looking through the team and I was like, I was looking at their bench because I was like, I, I don't know what the transition is with them. They've got like a lot of they've got a lot of youngsters. They, uh, I think, is you heard J Jeju, yeah, Jeju, 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 um, up front, who's I think a fairly kind of competent championship forward. But I mean, if you take a step back from that, I think they were looking like a four-two-three-one from what I'm seeing on Flashcore. The three players they had there, they had they had Semenu, they had Bakinson, and I think it was Pearson. All basically with an average age of twenty, yeah, and pretty much nearly all of them have come through their academy, um, and they were they were okay, but it, it just reminded me a lot of us under Lukai, like we're going to play some youngsters. Our academy's okay. I thought for me, but I thought I, I thought I've, I, this is the second or third time I've been quite impressed by Masengo. I think he's a pain in the backside, but I think he's a sort of guy that you, the fan you would relish having on your team i think he's a he's when he's your pain in the backside he's probably a, a real fan mm. favorite and i thought i thought barkinson or bakinson i thought he looked good all game i thought he looked really comfortable on the ball mm. time for himself i was i thought they i thought they all looked average but then you've got to remember they were down to 10 men for 20 from 21 minutes in yeah i know but i mean we still had even before then, I didn't know. Because that was the interesting thing. I mean, it could have... I, I accept that it could have heavily disrupted their makeup and style and design today. 
but I didn't really see anything of any great merit. And that's the thing that kind of really upset me with, well, the result. But it's just, I, I just, I never saw Bristol City scoring. Or do I, I thought they looked very toothless going forward. Like, I know at one point, I think in the second half, the second half was just incredibly average. We yeah. didn't do anything to try and close that game down. But we also didn't really do anything to keep pushing and, you know, try and get that second goal in the second half, which was a disappointing thing. And it led to, you know, we know the situation it led to. But, like, just Bristol City looked, they looked very, very average. Like, I don't know what their mentality is. I don't know what their tactics for going things going forward. It, mm. Nigel Pearson's a strange appointment, I'm going to say. But I think they're a bit of a strange club. I Yeah. They will probably say the same thing about Sheffield probably other teams that you know the nature of what it is and what we look at i think it just seems like oh i i recognize there's the seven seven eight teams at the top and the seven eight teams at the bottom and that's kind of in the dna and what you kind of see how they struggle or how teams do really well and there's probably like a nexus which is probably slimmer than what i've said i don't think it's eight teams i think it's probably about five teams which are just like they're qualified enough to get to a certain table of mid-tableness, mm. but I didn't see any great talent or great quality, which is the really heartbreaking thing about this game. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It just everything about Bristol feels a bit left field, and I, I wholly understand and granted that I'm a man who's had four hours sleep <laughs> to get up and watch this game to cover it for doing this podcast, which. Yeah, you know, I, I don't have to do this. You know, I, I don't, I don't have to do this. <laughs> See, I you know, but also, also, we don't have to move all. We, also, we don't have to have a royal funeral like at three o'clock in the afternoon or whatever it is, and we don't have to move all football because of that, and we don't have to have a second, second silence. I, ah, <laughs> oh, the royal family. <laughs> it just, sorry, I wanted to stay impartial about it, but it just. Why? Why is it still a thing? I love how Bristol City was so average that it's made you angry about the royal family. That's really quite a quite a journey. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't disagree with you. I mean, I think <laughs> the frustrating thing looking at how many teams have actually impressed us. We've been rubbish against almost everybody, but how oh, many know. Teams you come away thinking, you know, actually they are that's a good football side there. I, th- I mean, obviously Norwich, and I think maybe Watford in some ways, but it f- Watford, it feels mm. like they spent the whole season kind of doing what they did against us in the last game, which is kind of cruising with a feel that there's maybe another gear there, but not getting to another gear, never having to do it. And I feel maybe what we could do to kind of, just as a brief kind of interstitial moment within this podcast, what we could probably do is we could probably just go through the table and probably just say, have any of these teams impressed us and i'm scrolling through the table and i'm getting up to about the midway mark probably maybe luton maybe i'm getting that far to get to luton at 13th spot to say but then you know there was some a lot of those moments were against luton of our own doing yeah but they're they're a team who i'll give some kudos to basically wickham are poor rotherham I, i don't know if rotherham really impressed me at all derby are terrible birmingham aren't very good um, Coventry aren't particularly great either. Huddersfield are woeful. Yeah. Huddersfield really should be relegated. They're a really awful side. That was that loss when we when we went away to Huddersfield and lost 2-0, and it was the most pedestrian of performances from Sheffield yeah. Wednesday. 
See, that's this is a difficult thing. You can say we will always end up saying, Rich. I think by doing this podcast is like, mm-hmm. I think every week we can say in in this poor season, this is a season defining moment. Like I get your point, yeah, but like yeah. there are so many games where we just we just forgot to turn up. Well, I I mean I, I think a part of my sort of closing thoughts on on this game is that it, what what's been so frustrating is making is have we've almost had the same games again and again. So we've made the same mistakes in the same tar- in the same bits of games and mm. made changes when we don't need to make them. Whether that's ahead of the game or at the start or during a game. Um, Today is a classic example. You know, we've we've probably seen this game seven or eight times this season where we look good enough on the front foot to completely keep them in their box. But we are we're rubbish defensively. This is a there is no two there's no magic bullet. We've had the most defensive grind out manager in the in in English football for 10 games and he still couldn't get us to keep clean sheets this is a terrible terrible defense with a bad set of goalkeepers there's no there's absolutely no argument there it's like there's empirical evidence in several different test environments that shows this is a shoddy awful defense doesn't matter who you put in there they're all bad okay but we're good enough occasionally. We have Barry Bannon. He's a sublime footballer. Adam Reach is not bad on his day. Liam Palmer works his nads off and can cross a ball. And when those three are kind of playing, we can keep a team quiet and keep ourselves on top. What is so frustrating is we get to we do that for 70 minutes and then go, do you know what? Take off the, the other players that are working and throw on the odds and sods that we've got on the bench, and then it falls apart. And we have yeah. seen that. I mean, maybe maybe eight is an exaggeration because we've had a bad season. But I would say comfortably there's been six games where we've done that. There was n- There is no... Nobody looked tired to me today. I did not think we were dropping off. I didn't think levels were dropping. Why did we make subs? At, we made subs because it's when you make subs. If you haven't made them at 65 minutes, you make them at 75, and that's what you do in football. There's no good reason for those subs to happen. And the game, we lost the game as soon as we did that. We took off our only target man and the busiest player on the pitch. I thought Harris, you know, typical of Harris, had a very busy game where there was lots of things he should have done better, but at least he's busy. Andre Green is such a good attacker that I am disappointed that it's not Liam Palmer when he gets the ball. They kind of look similar. They've got the same spiky kind of hair. And when they were both playing on the right wing, twice the ball dropped to Andre Green and I was disappointed it wasn't Liam Palmer. If you're such a bad winger that I want you to be a right back, I think maybe football's (laughs) not the game for you. terrible he's a he's been a terrible waste of money whatever we've spent on him even if it's a very small fee that he's getting paid week to week it's too much oh i mean for the should we go through the motions of the set of the second going the the cat in the moments of the second half i suppose we should yeah Um, uh, the first note i've got is 50 second minute i sort of thought that was the first real chance of the game which was windass on the break if you uh if you remember that um, don't remember it didn't make a note of it well we it was there I think it was there from corner we broke away 
Win, um, Patterson played a good sort of reverse pass into Windass and he had Bannon sort of in a fair amount of space on the left and Harris on his right. But the because those options were there and they were very obvious options, there was a path to goal that opened for Windass and I totally understand him wanting to try and take it himself because Bannon having the sort of game Bannon has had in front of goal today... I don't know that you want to give him another chance. And Harris is not exactly a clinical finisher. So I think I, I can kind of understand Windass taking it himself, although maybe you could argue it was a bit selfish. Um, Masengo managed to get himself in the way of the shot, so it didn't, it didn't really amount to a save for the keeper to make. Uh, but it was a good moment for us to have. Um, 10 minutes later on the 62nd minute, we had... Bannon, Reach and Windass combining again. And it was another far uh, far post cross. Um, and that's where Harris sort of took it down and then charged into the volley, which he didn't quite connect with. It sort of, he ended up sort of scuffing it under the keeper um, who sort of gr- gratefully saved it with his taint, if you, if you remember that moment. <laughs> um, they did make, they did the big three sub change. They did that at the 56th minute. So mm. uh, Semenya... Dieju and Pearson came off. I thought Pearson had moments. He had a shot, not a great shot, but he had that one of their very few shots in the game. In the first half on the in angle. The first half. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they, they Janney, Alison Janney came on, uh, Naki Wells and Stephen Sessignon. Um, <laughs> Were any of our great American actors like Bradley Whitford, for example, did he come Bradley on? Bradley Whitford. He came the, the rest of the, the cast of the West Wing came on for the second half. <laughs> So I also said uh, Wells comes on for Bristol City in the triple sub. I meant to say triple sub, but it came out as triple SUV, which I quite enjoy. Oh yeah, nice. So that'd be quite fun. That's I think the, the bench there, like are in. exactly, exactly. They're all in big. That's for you, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> triple SVU. These guys are really, really special victims. <laughs> I feel like we're special victims. We've certainly yeah, been subject it. to unnecessary cruelty from this Wednesday side, I think. Uh, sorry, it's a very crass analogy to make, so I apologise for that one. Yes, apologies, apologies. Yes. It's all um, parody. Parody, parody, parody. Uh, I was looking at the bench and said there's a lot of talent. I thought there's some decent talent. That's why I couldn't figure out the Bristol City, because I was like, are you looking to transition to the future? Because I don't know about this lineup. Yeah. Um, I mean, Lansbury's competent at this level. Already got sent off. Yeah. Um, uh, Casey Palmer came on late. He's a good. Yeah, he's sort of his stock seems to have dropped massively, doesn't it? He he was quite a big noise at one point. Mm. But I was going to say Naki Wells. Naki Wells is the one yeah. who I was kind of worried about. I was going to be honest because he's consistently a decent player at this level, and he's been a he's been a thorn in our side previously. Mm. Yeah, I think around that time, or just a bit after, one of my notes is. Uh, John proclaims that Bristol haven't packed it in yet. And I would agree, oh. but on the caveat for a team that looked bag average, you know, like Wednesday are. <laughs> that feels like one of the generous things that like commentators say, just to be nice. What's that? Not well, Wednesday, they're st- well, they're still trying. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're not very good, though, are they? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. It's, it's a real... Um participation trophy isn't it that is, mm. uh, did you yeah. know on the 64th minute that joey pelopassi's welder is still in the mail as he thumps one into a bristol city defender 
But everyone, well, it was a, it was universally commended for being a good strike uh, on the commentary. So he's getting there. It's going to come. I think it's uh, that long gestation period for his second world is. It's going to come. Just, if he just keeps picking the same lottery numbers, <laughs> then one day they're going to have to come up. It's probably going to happen on his triumphant return to Heron Vane after his uh, Wednesday contract finishes. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> Welcomed back on the shoulders of the of the the good folk of Heron Vane, um, <laughs> but we we made our subs, which is what I was moaning about. Harris and Patterson came off for Rhodes and Green, um, and we just lost any presence uh, that we had in in their half. Really, uh, I think the Patterson's sort of effective frontman play and Harris's you know, kind of chasing a crisp packet around a, around an empty stadium to sort of enthusiasm to just chase lost causes really kept them on their toes in a way that the, 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 the their two replacements just do not bring any of that kind of similar energy. Uh, we did have another moment from, uh, from Maisie Hazy Baz uh, and another missed shot, but he did another nice sort of dribble through a few players. It'd be nice if we see this towards, you know, maybe this is the next... Maybe maybe Barry Bannon has just has been Frank Lampard all his life, and it's just it's it's only now emerging. It's taken thirty three years or whatever it is, or thirty two years. But yeah, so I I did make a note. Andre Green so dynamic on the ball that I'm disappointed he's not Liam Palmer. Um, and then the next note is the eighty seventh minute. Mm. Um, a great goal by. I, I, well, you, you I know you disagree on this, but this is my note. Um, but a, a great goal by, by Bristol City standout player Parkinson. Uh, a great strike, but no pressure and bad subs hurt us again. We never learn lessons, and it's the same mistakes cost us again and again. We take off our best target man and our busiest attacker. Suddenly the ball doesn't stick, and we don't press people in midfield. Um, I, the last note I have is 94th minute. Once again, that chance falls to Jordan Rhodes, and he fails to make it count. Because we did have one last sting in the tail chance to to sort of come away with the victory, and he sort of poked his left foot at it and hit the first defender. Mm. That's it from me. Notes wise, anything else to pick up? No, I've I've, I've talked you into a, a slump. Um, it just felt just... we needed some. We needed Ron Howard to come in and be like, and that is why they're getting relegated. <laughs> For some reason, when you said Ron, Ron Howard, then I thought Ron Jeremy. And I was like, oh, I don't know how Ron Jeremy's going to help. <laughs> and you thought Luke, you're being very problematic, even for your standards. <laughs> I thought, I thought the lack of sleep's really got to Luke. Mm. Um, just uh, so my, yeah, my my kind of closing thoughts on the match were just so depressing that you can write the script of our games in advance. Actions have consequences, and we keep taking actions against our own interests. We, we're rarely forced into such changes, but constantly make them and constantly pay for those making those changes. Mm-hmm. I don't... I mean, this feels worse than the Swansea game at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, because, it's going to do that, isn't it? Yeah. Having the game, you should have won by at least two or three goals and then coming out of a point. And I've got no... I mean, I'm, I've, I've got no interest in what other teams are doing right now and... You know, the, on the commentary, oh, such and such aren't doing us any favours. I know, I know. 
we are past the point that we're other teams. It's the only way that we have any hope in hell is winning all these games. It doesn't yeah. like we need to win three games before we're even in the conversation about staying up. Right now, yeah, yeah. we're relegated. Yeah. And today was should have been the first of those games that we won. You know, if we need three wins in a row, this should have been win one because we did yeah. enough. Yeah. But um, how many times can we have this conversation? Yeah. I know, I know. It's done. Yeah. It's. I mean, it, it is now. It's. It's over. Bar the shouting, isn't it? I mean. Mm. Uh, I mean the the really f- the 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 nice thing about Swansea Swansea game midweek is it's one of the last midweeks games of the season. Annoyingly, it's not the last one yeah. because we've got Blackburn coming up on Tuesday. But I don't know. I'm hoping that somehow from somewhere I don't know how this is going to happen. That if ever Wednesday are going to be any degree of competent as a football club, then there needs to be a culture change that kind of addresses you know the sheer lack of backbone within this team. I mean, that's the thing. Like, we're, we're gutting out and getting rid of... We'll be getting rid of so much of this team. Isn't... I think there's... Well, yes, we will. Yeah, I mean, that's... I think that's... The, the question thing. The question is, then, well, the question has been for... I think what me and you have talked about for, <laughs> you know, nearly two years of James podcast, two seasons now, <laughs> is basically who are we going to, you know... The question is always, who are you replacing these players with? That's, I think that's the that's the tricky thing in watching this this slow, sad demise. Is we have no idea how many bits of this, like today, in some ways, you could go, okay, you know, that was a good performance. We were unlucky with the result. You know, if we were go, if if we knew that most of this team was staying and this management team was staying. I think you could be looking at this tail end of the season to go, okay, we've had a relegation season. I don't think it's been Darren Moore's fault we've got relegated. I think the the rot was no. well and truly set in before he got anywhere near the team. So I, we could be taking some... If we knew he had a contract for next season and we knew some of these players were hanging around, we could be watching this tail end and going, well, you know, there's some things to build on. Because this is a better team to watch than it has been at any other team at any other time during the season. Like we are having shots, we're building play, we've got a, an identity. In a lot of ways, this is the best the best Wednesday I've played, maybe in in three or four seasons. So we could be enjoying that and the prospect of that. If we can take this into League One, who knows, etc. But mm. we know almost all of these players are going there's a very good chance that we don't have this managerial team anymore because there's been yes. no commitment to that. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know whether I can feel good about the the slight glimmers of hope in this or whether it is just a purely, you know, it's just different yeah. shades of black and grey. This is a... I mean, I, I'm not surprised by you saying that, but also I did chat to my bro. I'm not maybe due to just being kicked kicked in the face long enough by this football club that I haven't, you know, been so far immersed in my, you know, my my Wednesday simplex virus <laughs> to keep up with some of the press. But I'm not surprised learning that I was chatting with Miles Brandy and saying I'd saw something him saying they hadn't discussed next season. Yeah. And which, you know, we both jokingly made the same point which he said, because winging it sounds like the best way, and I said, right, because why plan for next season anyway? Yeah. Why do such a thing like that? Why, who would... 
Who would ever do anything like that in a business? <laughs> who would ever think about the next year? Who would just wake up in the morning and think it's all about today? <laughs> but that, I mean, the, what the planning that should be happening is assuming we go down, like the the. The likelihood, I mean, uh, uh, before the Swansea game, somebody posted up some statistics on on Al's talk saying that it was like 88% or 87% likelihood of getting relegated. Um, mm. What we should be doing is planning for League One and then then we can add things if we somehow stay up by some miracle. Like, yeah. the, the, it's not an excuse to not plan at all. It's not like you don't know... It's not like there's endless possibilities. The end, the possibilities are we there's like nine tenths of a of, of you know nine times out of ten we're going to be in League One. One time out of ten, by some freak miracle, we get to stay in Championship. But we should plan for League One. We should have we should know <laughs> that the building blocks are there yeah. for a rebuild yeah, in League One. And then, as I say, you can scale up ambitions. Ooh if you stay in the championship somehow. But if we win all four games, which is not likely, we've not won four games in the trot for, you know, for however many years. Um, but, you know, let's let's say somehow we do the, with the unbelievable turnaround of suddenly we put four results together in a row. That gives us 12 points. 12 points takes us to 48 points. We are relying on Huddersfield not getting... If Huddersfield stay below us, they, they've mm. got to only get one more. You, you, they've got to lose every game, so they've got to lose four games in a row. Coventry can't win another three points, uh, so they've got to lose four out of... Uh, well, they've got to lose, yeah, o- almost every game. They can't draw three or, you know... <laughs> it, it's just so improbable that yeah. we do what we've not done all season and mm. every other team fails miserably. Mm-hmm. We're da- we are down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Theoretically, we can get twelve points and we can be safe. But then, theoretically, every then other you... team can get that, get much more than that, or get higher. But then we also have an owner, which is like, I, I mean, I'm. It'd be interesting to know and look at parallel universes and see how this would work if we did it differently. But I mean, you've got a situation, Rich, where all of these players have their contracts run down. Yeah. So they see no loyalty from Sheffield Wednesday, so why should they even show any loyalty to Sheffield Wednesday yeah. by putting any performances? And so many of these players will be fine. So many of these players will go get championship contracts elsewhere. Yeah. They might not get the wedge they were on here at Sheffield Wednesday, but they're getting to the point because they've all been signed at a certain age. They're all approaching 30. You know, They'll still get a decent wedge. If not, they don't get the stuff that they do get. Right? Yeah. So... What do you? How do you? How do you su- expect this is going to be a recipe for success? Like it isn't. It's just been poorly run. The, everything through the squad's been run to the ground. The thing I find interesting would be like if me or you were promoted with a chairman as you know somehow would be chairman of Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. I'm sure what the seemingly thing that seems seemingly would happen is, you know, I would talk to you or you would talk to me and be like, "How's it going?" And then you'd probably say in confidence something like. God, signing players is a lot of work. It's not like championship manager. It's not like football yeah, manager. Yeah, yeah. It's not like you just click a few buttons and now uh, you put the offer in. There might be a bit of haggling. But it seems to be every transfer seems to be, from everyone who seems to work in football, seems to say from any of these documentaries that transfers seem to take a lot of work. Yeah. 
And we're going to have to do, I don't know, what, 15 of them? Yeah, easily. There's yeah. almost nothing left. The players that are left over, is it something like eight senior pros or something like that? And two of them are the those dreadful goalkeepers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and a quarter of them are the crap that we don't want. And who else have we got? We've got Ayolfa still in contract, Luongo still in contract, Bannon still in contract. I mean, some decency there, but questions of that if they want to join us in League One. Is Luongo still fit to keep playing football? Yeah. You know, all these questions. So, just as a... <laughs> just have a firm conversation with my <laughs> eldest brother. Like, one thing we didn't cover from the news, which we can kind of cover now, is... Did you see the, the media... Um, the media press they did, they interviewed they interviewed Josh Windass and which he said you know we're going for the win for for Darren we're doing that for him um, you know laughter's the best medicine no, sorry no, winning is the best medicine <laughs> so and he's actually saying no you're thinking of laughter uh, so no I'm actually, I'm actually thinking actual medicine is the best medicine <laughs> though if laughter is the best medicine. Maybe what we should do is we should put a video. We, me and you should put a compilation of uh, Tom Lee's moments from this season as Patch <laughs> Adams for uh, for Darren Moore, and we'll see him back on the sidelines in no time. <laughs> to the uh, the sort of Benny Hill, <laughs> yakety sacks. Uh, here's something to cheer you and the boys up. Tom Lee's the yakety sacks. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's it's just <laughs> it's so hard without knowing what comes next. But then I suppose that yeah. yeah, you could argue I mean maybe this whole thing is it's the gambler's fallacy again and again. Like the first year we had a model, it didn't it nearly worked. Second year we sort of doubled down on that model and it nearly worked. And then every every year since <laughs> The, the plan has basically been, well, someday it has to land on black. Like, the, it's just a roll always, of the dice. Always bound ship, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Give me black, sir. No, I'm, I'm betting on shit. <laughs> uh, shit always comes up. Have you seen Tom Lee's is at the back again? <laughs> There's no other name for it. But it turns out we're not playing roulette. We're playing something, we're play, playing something else entirely. We're just um, we're just putting money on a pool t- at the side of a pool table and hoping that we win uh, at roulette, even though it's not happening. There's just um, mm. it's yeah. So I th- why are we still pretending like things? It's going to be sunny and tomorrow's going to be better. We sh- a prop you know you pl- the proper planning, proper management of a business is what happens if the worst thing happens. What does that look like, and how can we work with that? And then everything beyond that is is layers of you know shiny sun. Um, but you've got to kind of you've got to work from the baseline of abject failure, and then and then go you know move up from there. And it, it, we just seem to be preparing for you know. But what if it's twenty degrees and sunny tomorrow? Yeah. What if it's really nice? What if I need my uh, the old sunscreen? That's Andre Green is the is sunscreen in in human form. Or you mean S- SPF five? SPF five, yeah, yeah. He's the he's the equivalent of slavering on the olive oil in the hope that you'll get it. <laughs> you'll get a tan in a Baltic Baltic winter. Um, 
Well, there we go. So mm. we play another one of these teams that should have nothing to play for and therefore should be a, an easy go for us uh, in, in Blackburn. Um, we've got those. And they will also whittle their little wang around <laughs> and probably come away with three points. Yep. And the third, so that, that will make up the end of this trilogy of home games that held so much hope for us. Um, a bit like early in the season when we were going to get to those easy games where we got to play Luton, Rotherham, and Wickham back to back. All three of them. We have we'll, gone into we'll this. Show them. We've gone into this run of three home games back to back, and we've fared slightly better in that we've got one point against a ten-man team. Uh, so. Onwards and upwards, and uh, you know, bring it, bring it on, Blackburn, with your Would your tedious manager. So Did since we draw, Marlborough. I think I think it Marlborough. Boring man. Marlborough. Did we? So I guess as a just to oh, we should prime do... the final nail in this coffin. Yeah, yeah, like we usually do. So if we win, we do a player who did really well, and then if we lose, we do a villain of the piece. What happens if we draw? Do we just one of both? Do we just open the airlock and let all the players out to just asphyxiate <laughs> space? <laughs> hmm. The game of Among Us where everybody loses. <laughs> <laughs> just Tom Leeser's body just floating in space, <laughs> just, just for eternity. I don't know that anybody necessarily is the baddie, you know, today. Bannon missing a penalty is pretty... It's pretty be. awful, isn't it? Yeah. But then he was really, really good otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I and know. he supplied plenty of chances for other people to make up for his miss. I know. But yeah, I suppose missing a penalty is uh, its pretty criminal. It's a bit bad. Yeah, okay. So he's the villain of the piece. Any uh, honorable mentions? Burner, because he bagged. Burner, because he bagged. Mm-hmm. The bow-legged Bavarian, as I've decided to call him. <laughs> I'm going to call him the Bow Bells Bavarian because I'm going to really double double down on his uh, only fools and horses obsession. <laughs> Why does he run like that? Well, he's always got a pony in his pocket. Me. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. I think. Mm-hmm. Kudos to your boy Burner. Kudos to your boy Baz. And uh, with that, we will we will say cheerio. Um, there's still, you know, where there's light, there's hope. We we could win these four games in a row. We could turn it around. It could happen. It could, could happen. It, it won't though, but it could. I mean, we've gone months without producing as many chances as we produced today. Uh, in points of this, mm, mm-hmm. uh, we just got to. That's almost there's a there's a there's a Rhodes paradox in that when he plays we don't get the chances that you'd expect him to finish and then yes when he doesn't play the game is littered with chances that you would expect him to just lots of lots of lots of chances for Rhodes there yeah it's some imagine sort of... George imagine George just watching being like if I was on the pitch I finished that one <laughs> no it is a nice bad bad actually thank you yeah. I'm enjoying the past bad, but I would like to be on the on the pitch on the football. I bet, I bet Kachunga's thankful for social distancing because he can sit <laughs> the stand. Doesn't have to listen to uh, John Witteron. So uh, yeah, could we? I, I wonder if we could go back to Kachunga being the guy that we throw on unnecessarily instead of Green for a little while. Maybe just start him. 
Maybe. Maybe. I mean, we seem to be struggling with the second. We sh- we struggle with the- we're struggling with a second striker outside of Windus, right? Windus has <laughs> firmly nailed his. Uh, he's gone up to the team sheet and written it in um, written it in permanent permanent sharpie, hasn't he? He certainly has. Yeah. He's been for about a month now consistently, I think. He's um <laughs> Well because we're Sheffield Wednesday and we don't have the money for brand name Sharpies, it's you know, the the Poundland equivalent. If he could match the sort of output of Harris, he would be a better option because he provides an aerial threat. He's got that Tudgay thing of not being that tall but competes very mm. well in the air. And there was a couple of times today where a bit of aerial presence at the far post would have really caused them massive problems. At the back stick. At the at back stick. So maybe that's the answer. We've figured it out. Kachunga at the back stick is the uh, is the answer to all of our problems. It's what we've <laughs> all been waiting for. He's our man on the grassy knoll, isn't he? <laughs> Indeed. Uh, well, have a good week, folks. Uh, we will... See you again on the other side of another duo of wonderful Wednesday football matches. Uh, the doubleheader of Blackburn and Borough. Uh, fingers crossed we might, you know, maybe we'll feel a lot more rosy. <laughs> maybe we'll already be relegated. Oh, the fun. The fun of end of season times for Sheffield Wednesday. Thanks very much, Luke. Thanks, Rich. Have a good week, everyone. Bye.